Pierce because of my audio. Good evening, everybody. This is the <laughs> Mandalorian recap of this latest chapter. We got Batman, John Sullivan, we got Saul, and we got Rachel. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm so entertained already. Thank you so much for asking. I think that's the wrong universe, but... I'm happy to be here. Is it, are you supposed to be albino Batman? I'm albino Batman. Cool. Cardboard Batman. So, <laughs> so what was your guys' like initial initial thoughts on the episode? Like what a you... fucking what a fucking kick ass episode. Yeah. I think this is this is like top fourteen episodes of the show. I I really love I was surprised how like quickly some people i think were really surprised how quickly we got to typhon like a lot of people thought it was going to take him longer and now all yeah. of a sudden we just open up and he's like got this little scene where he kept calling him grogu and like kept laughing to himself about it like okay so i've got i got two thoughts on that so first and foremost i'd like to apologize for the chat um Dude. you're not going to get professional sean today you're going to get drunk sean today i've been drinking quite a lot today because of twitch.tv slash sean sully the Legend of Sully. We've been drinking all day. You can blame PJ Campbell. Um, it's his fault. Blame him. Um, but my first two thoughts on this episode. So number one. Actually, I have three thoughts. Number one. Uh, I didn't think we were going to get to Tython right away. I actually thought Tython would be waited, would be pushed to like the end or the middle of next season. Not this season. I thought it was going to be one of those things like it was the long, long-term goal, and it ended up being immediate. We're fucking on Tython. We've got it. Grogu's sitting on the fucking stone. Sky beam to the sky. Fuck yeah. Um, second, what a fucking great opener. Fucking yeah. Din talking to Grogu, telling Grogu how much he like, how much he loves him. <laughs> Trying to have that daddy moment. Playing with the ball, dude. Din is daddy. Din uh, is daddy. I, yeah. Once again, I'd like to. Ap- I'd like to apologize to those people who run this channel. I did not intend to be um, in this state when I came to this show. <laughs> Usually, my Friday uh, Twitch streams are pretty mellow. Apparently, not today. I want to apologize to the people who run this channel for not being all you know sloshed up more often around here. I feel like that's an exactly. expectation. That's not met by me. Maybe I just um, start doing some key hits so I can catch uh, up. Okay, first, <laughs> Saul, if you're going to do key hits, yeah. Um, no, now I've on. never done cocaine. Um, unless you watch music, <laughs> movies, and mayhem with Rachel Silvestrini, <laughs> in which case I talk about my cocaine usage vehemently. We had a great, great discussion about it. Oh, music, music, and mayhem. I'm sorry, I've never heard of that show. Mm-hmm. They've never heard of me, so I've never heard of them. That's how we play the game, Miss Silvestrini. Uh, Saul, you're on this week, though. No, I'm not. That's not true. I'll make it That's... happen. I'll make it happen. No, 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 
little old me. Uh, maybe look the 2021 media tour, December 2021. Maybe Rachel and I could. Maybe she could fit me in then. Are I'll you done? By with my inner geekdom championship of the world over the shoulder, and then we'll talk about why you blew me off a year earlier. Yep, that's exactly what happened. That's, that's precisely what happened. <laughs> anyway, this episode. Um, no, I love I love this episode. I thought that it it felt like something that not that I didn't enjoy it, but I feel like it's one of those episodes that I'm really going to enjoy when I go back and binge the season from front to back because it feels like one of those episodes that you need to be a little hyped going into from the last episode, like just riding that wave of adrenaline. Um, it would be amazing. Um, but, uh, I was super stoked to see everybody coming back. Um, I thought that they brought the characters together very well. Um, I mean, having that moment at the beginning, watching, you know, like you can, you can hear him smile when he's like broken and he like looks up and he's like, Oh, like just so happy. He's like, ah, um, and then of course the ball and he's like trying to train him. It's like their version of catch. It's really sweet. And then he's like trying to convince himself that it's going to be okay. Like once he hands him over and he's trying to like talk to Groku about like, you know, so if somebody wants to train you, you need to go with them. Okay. Like, and I feel like he's trying to talk himself into the whole, like, Accepting that as a, as an idea of what's going to end up to like make sure that he's safe and is properly trained so he can take care of himself. Right, I, I, effects, and the fight scenes were badass. Can I just say that I think I think this was the most badass Boba Fett we've ever gotten. I think he was fucking stellar, fucking fantastic. He had the fucking knee dots, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit when I sober up a bit. Anyways. I love how you went Australian. That just no, made me I'm happy. I was like, Carl Urban? Well, he's, Kiwi. yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's New Zealand. He's from Space yeah. New Zealand, Boba Fett. Um, Tomorrow Morrison is uh, Kiwi. He's... Yes. Right. Well, yeah. One of my favorite parts of the whole episode was listening to uh, Din laugh. Uh, just him respond when he responds to when Grogu responds to his name for the first time like that. One of my favorite moments ever. I like when they got there and he was like, "Oh, like we're gonna have to go with the windows down." And I was like, "What is he talking about?" And then he like and just you see him just so happy flying, like uh, it's so adorable. Like the only then... emotion we get out of him is like legit happy. Like no expressions other than smiling. And I love that. Like at the end, when you know he flies away, uh, you know, with the what are they, the god damn it, I literally just had it. Uh, the black, the dark troopers, dark the guys? troopers. Yeah, the death troopers. Like when they flew away with him. Like if you noticed in the artwork that it, that they show after the show, um, like the credit, yes, that is my brain. Thank you. Um, but in the artwork, it shows like screaming and crying in the artwork, but like they can't, like the puppet yeah, doesn't do that. that. So um, I thought that that was really interesting. I think that they should have been able to do that. And then, you know, he starts <laughs> bitch slapping around the uh, the stormtroopers in his cell with the force, um, which was adorable. Do you, do you guys think, because I know like we... 
like they went to the planet and they put them on the stone and everything. Do you guys think that we'll see that come to fruition, or do you guys think yes. that like, yes. like yes. do you think that so, Jedi or whoever will find them? Will so just let me out, let like, me ask this question. Let me ask this question to the. Uh, I don't think my mic's supposed to work like this, but I'm using it like this anyways. Let me ask this question to the wonderful people of this panel. Do I sound okay? You sound yes, great. Sir. Great. Great. Wonderful. What Jedi do we think is coming to uh, Grogu? If they're smart, they will come to. Everybody is wanting, you know, um, Sebastian Stan to play young Luke. And I think that if they're smart about it, that's how this season will end. Luke coming to get Groku and like blackout. Like that's how the season ends. I mean, there's not that many other options, really, though. Like, are there? Like, yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a fair amount of options. And we're actually we're at the point now where if Luke Skywalker is not at least, uh, you have to lampshade him at least. You have to mention him and explain. At this point, you have to explain why he's not coming because yeah. they, they they put their back against the wall. Now it's now he put out that you know the force distress signal, as it were. I um, agree with that. Yeah. So now, if he doesn't show up, that's fine. Um, but you, you ha- we need a reason because he has to know he, he's around now. But there's a lot of options of who, people who can show up, or, or it could be an entirely new character. You know, it could be the Jedi version of Cara Dune or Grief Karga, you know. And I have well, no problem what about, with that. What about someone like, um, we talked about this like two episodes ago, um, Stripe, Stripe Eyes. What's his Quinlan name? Voss. Quinlan Voss. Thank you, Chris. Um, Sober Sean would have known the answer to that. Um, what about someone like Quinlan Voss or Ezra Bridger? Uh, what about um, the guy from Fallen Order? Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. What about them? I would. I have no problem with any of those, especially Quinlan Voss. Um, no problem at all with any of them. Um, Quinlan Voss is could be very accessible because again, I, you have to kind of think like. Filoni's here to keep every keep the hardcores in line, and 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 Favreau is probably keeping the normies in line. So it's got to be a character that could appeal to both. And I think Quinlan right. Voss is the big. You don't have to know who he is. You could just you you meet him for a few minutes, and I think I think people will dig. He's kind of a rock star Jedi. The best way to to describe him. That's fair. He's got the dreadlocks and everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he doesn't like necessarily play by like the rules of like the strict Jedi. Yeah, he he was the um, he was the bad kidding Jedi class. Wow. He was the he was the uh, the Judd Nelson of the Breakfast Club Jedi Academy. Well, and, now I want him in now. <laughs> and he he was the one that took Boss Pity. Did he? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Do you do you think that that's going to be? So, we're t- we're talking about the person who's going to show up to train Grogu, right? Mm-hmm. Well, whoever got the, you... whoever whoever he reached out and, and contacted. Well, here's the thing. All right, so let me try to sober up for this thought. I think whoever shows up doesn't matter because Grogu's not going anywhere. Grogu wants to be with Din. Grogu's going to stay with Din. Grogu will be able to communicate with that with who, whatever Jedi Master fucking shows up. He'll be able to like 
telepathically tell them, look, I want to stay with Din. Din is daddy. I want to stay with daddy. Daddy's got the little orb. I want to stay with daddy. So I don't think it matters what fucking Jedi shows up. Grogu is where he wants to be. Right? Does anyone actually see Grogu being taken off for training after this episode? I think this episode like clearly shows that no matter what, Grogu wants to be here. Well, yeah. I don't think that I, if he ends up leaving to go train with somebody, I don't think it's going to be this season. Like, there's not, because there's only, what, two episodes left? So, yeah. like, in, in those two episodes, he has, and, you know, uh, they need to find, the, like, the Jedi need to find him. Um, so it's going to be one of those things that, like, they're not going to get to it this season. And I don't, like, I think things are going to happen next season that might lead to him being like, you know, I do need to go train, but, you know, maybe he starts talking next season. He tells Din that, like, he'll be back. I, I kind of, if you're asking me to moonshot this, I can't help but think, when I think of how this series, how this series is going to end, the only place that Grogu's really safe that I can think of is Mortis. That's oh. the only place where I think he's safe. Interesting. That's where I see him ending up. Or he, 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 or he disconnects from the Force entirely and goes off and uh, lives within on Navarro with that uh, chick. Kara? Oh. No. no. Not, Navarro. The, uh... not Navarro. Not um, Navarro. Tatooine. Not Tatooine. The, with, no, the widow, with the widow. With the widow. Yeah. The widow and her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. The episode where Kara first was introduced. Yeah. 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 What did you guys think of the the interaction between Bubba meeting Den for the first time? Oh my god! I so hardcore. So, so let me preface this by saying, let me preface this by saying, I twelve o'clock hit. I left the room to go to the bathroom, and my roommates were watching The Mandalorian, and they were about mid midway through the episode, and they were watching the scene. Where Boba's there and fucking the Death Troopers rocket off with Grogu. So before I'd even saw any of the setup for the episode or anything, I was spoiled on it. Ooh. Which fucking sucks. Okay. So there is a scene right here, and I'm curious from the rest of you who watched it unspoiled. When Grogu sits on the stone and then we see the Slave 1 fly by with that wonderful piece of score right there, what was your reaction? Yay! <laughs> I am not now, nor have I ever been in the cult of Boba, ever. Um, in fact, I didn't even really understand it until a few months ago. A, uh, there's, a, there's a very popular toy channel on YouTube called Toy Galaxy. And there's mm-hmm. a collector on there who's, who's he's a famous Star Wars action figure collector. He's famous for collecting Boba Fett, every Boba Fett figure ever, but multiples of them. He's got over 500 original Boba Fett figures. He was with the first the, person with the rocket. Well, no, there's only only one of those exists, and Steven Sansweet owns it. But um, uh, he was the first person ever to explain to me after all these years of being a Star Wars fan, look, look what what the appeal of Boba Fett is. It's basically just. You're into the idea of him and who he is aesthetically. It's not necessarily the character. He called the character in the films an abstraction. So that's the first time where I went, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. 
I like Boba. The only Boba Fett that I've really enjoyed was Teenage Boba Fett in the Clone Wars. That's the he, he so was the, he's the only angsty teenager Star Wars character that I ever got behind. But when I saw that Slave One, even on the second and third viewing, I got goosebumps each time. This is I get, but if this I if this is how all the Boba Fett cultists see Boba, I get it now because I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, this. This episode, like to me, showed like like all those talks about how like he's such a badass, like badass this and that, like just these small like parts of his in this all episode right. just showed like how much of a badass he is. So here's the thing, right? <laughs> As a Boba Fett culture, <laughs> let me just say, this episode went above and beyond what I ever thought would be possible for Boba Fett. They had everything. They had the fucking flamethrower. They had the fucking knee rockets. We had the, the jetpack rocket. We had everything. We had him fucking swinging around with a gavvy stick like he's a fucking badass. This episode. I mean, oh, yeah. All right. And not just, I mean, and not like, just how that. he looked. It's not just how he looked. He presented himself. Like, dude, the makeup on the scarring on his skull it's was so... Good. Fucking fantastic! And then when he shows up for the first time in the in the the armor, I like legit squealed. I was so excited. So, I was like, "Oh, yay!" Fucking good. It was and, so like, just, good. Just the brutality of him, like literally bludgeoning the stormtroopers to death, and seeing the plastic from their helmets fly off. Yeah. Like the, the first holy time, crap! The first time we saw something like that was Rogue One. And, like, the way Rogue One handled it was fucking wonderful. But this, we actually got a scene. There was a, um, there was actually a scene of, after he smashed the Stormtrooper, there was a scene of the Stormtrooper on the ground with whole part of his face fucking crushed in. Yeah. What the hell? Like, so, that is, oh, all right. So here's where here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna say some I'm gonna throw some fucking shade, right? We're gonna chat. We're throwing some fucking shade, all right? I'm gonna throw some shade on any Star Wars that isn't Dave Filoni or John Favreau. It's not that hard to fucking write good Star Wars, okay? Rise of Skywalker. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> it's not that hard to write good Star Wars. Just do this. If fucking Machete Man can write good Star Wars, anyone can fucking do it. He, he Robert Rodriguez isn't <laughs> anything fucking special. He, di- he directed he it. it. Right. He didn't write it. He directed it. Whatever. It's not that fucking hard. Just give me good Star Wars. I did have one issue with this episode. Once again, chat, I'm really sorry. I didn't intend to be in this state for this Shut show. Shut up. Stop apologizing. God. Yeah, you if anyone stop. should apologize, it should be Rachel. But... <laughs> yeah. Rachel. No, fuck that. I never apologize for shit. But I want to I touch on that, Sully, because uh, I feel like the fight coordinator for this episode watched the cheer Enway fight from Rogue One and went, I could top it. And that was the yeah. end of this. That was the... I, I guarantee you yeah. that was the idea. I guarantee you he watched that fight and went, I know, if I know anything, I know a lot. I know fight coordinators. I promise you, he was, that guy was hell-bent on topping Chirrut's fight in Rogue One, and they did. It was incredible. Now, Saul, as a... I love the way it was, like, filmed. 
Yeah, right, the way this is really beautiful. So, for those of you that don't know, Mike, I, I like to, after every episode of The Mandalorian, talk to my close personal friend, Kevin. Um, my, my friend, Kevin, uh, and I both had the same complaint. Did this episode look too clean? Yes. Am I, I not, know what you're talking not... about, but no. No. Okay. Because it wasn't shot in the volume. It was. Sh- I think this is the first major location shoot for any Mandalorian episode, and I dug it. Yeah. It was which on location. Which, which is also ironic, because Robert Rodriguez was at the forefront of shooting all CGI screen films. He, he was one of the biggest, after Lucas, with, with clones, with the Sin City movies and 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 the and the um, Spy Kids movies, a lot of those sets were entirely green screen. And then, but Spy they, Kids they, looks clean, like like so. So what what Kevin uh, what Kevin said, and if you guys don't know Kevin, go ahead and follow Kevin on Twitter, just at Kevin. Um, <laughs> what Kevin said was it looked too much like Spy Kids and not enough like Machete. Really. I don't yeah. know about that. I mean, it just it felt clean and crisp uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting, especially after the last episode was so like I know that it's different worlds and it's different ambiances, but it's still like this the switch is so jarring. Um, but like even with the dust ups, like the dust didn't like it just it didn't like kick up, you know, like it was I don't know, it felt it was beautiful and I loved being able to see everything and the way that the, like I have a big issue with fight scenes that feel like the camera is like, like the camera operator doesn't know what the fight coordination is. And so he doesn't know how to get the shot. Right. Like this was shot very beautifully. Like the fight scenes were all uh, coordinated and shot in such a way that you could see the entirety of it. Um, And I really enjoyed that, but like, yeah, it did felt, it felt a little clean, but it didn't like, like I wasn't upset. I mean, I don't necessarily mean like the shooting of it. I mean the actual aesthetic. Like the stormtroopers yeah. were in white armor. They were not in dingy Aren't white they... armor. Well, those are because that's been established that the, the, the stormtroopers who serve directly under Moff Gideon, they get they they, they you know they get their uniforms clean and, and tidy, and and they're not they're not the grungy stormtroopers that um we yeah, saw Moff, earlier in the Mandalorian. Moff Gideon seems like he was that 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 his uh entire area around him would be Swiffered like on the hour. Like he just seems like that type of OCD clean guy that like does not put up with stormtroopers that have smudges on their, on their armor. Also going back to our, um, by the way, is it possible that your friend Kevin, it was, was taken aback by the fact that this was the first non volume episode. This was an all location shoot. I didn't know about that. Maybe that's true. I can call him and find out. But um, but I also I also I, like when I we talk about. Well, let me call okay. him. Don't call him right now, Sean. <laughs> I also think it's, it was very interesting as when we as we talk. I brought up a number of times in the past part of uh, the last season and, and even this season, visual progression through props and ships. I think uh, those troop carriers looked very first orderish. Yeah, so those were super interesting to me. Um, they they. They're not something we've seen before, right? Those nope. haven't appeared before. No, I don't even think. Um, I don't even think it's an EU thing. I think it's an entirely no. new design. I haven't seen anything like those. I don't know what they're from. I don't recognize them. I didn't notice Alex saying anything about them. Um, 
Yeah, they, they reminded me very much of the First Order, but they, they struck another chord, and I can't remember what. Blame the alcohol. Um, they're a little Ty Reaper-ish. They're a little... Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Front, yeah. I do have a question. What was with the, uh, the mom's dish towel uh, over the shoulder of one of them? Was that just like... That's is that just pauldron. like an insignia oh, for like, that, it, who's in charge? So stormtroopers wear a different pauldron, the little cloth pauldron. Yeah. Depending on rank. So for example, sand troopers on, um, on Tatooine in uh, Star Wars, a new hope. That was the first Star Wars movie, Rachel, if you're unfamiliar. I'm aware and very okay. familiar. Just making sure. Um, sand troopers. A lot of them wear that pauldron to denote that they are sand troopers. But in addition to that, Stormtroopers also wear a different colored pauldron based on rank. So you can actually notice this really well in the First Order. The First Order, a lot of them wear different colored pauldrons. Um, so he was wearing red, so... He was wearing red, which denotes sergeant. Gotcha. So just, just as an example, Christopher, if you could uh, be so kind. Uh, here we see Sand Troopers after um, killing Owen and Beru on Tatooine. Um the orange denotes the sergeant, and the black denotes that they are just basic sand troopers here. I believe. I could be mistaken. Gotcha. Cool. I figured as much. I just wanted to double check and make sure. I liked how, like, you get there's a lot of, like, Iron Man, like, nods, I thought, in this episode. It yeah. Like, they were, like, flying, and then, like, or even, well, like, in this part, like, Bubba Fett, where he just kind of, like, looks the back. Scene and... where the, the scene where the dark troopers descend onto. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, this scene reminded me very much of Age of Ultron, with the uh, the security Iron Man droids, and the end uh, of three. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that was that was actually my issue with this episode was the fact that like when Din goes to like you know goes to investigate for the first time and ends up meeting Boba Fett and you know um, our sharpshooter cannot remember her name right now. Fennec um, Shand. Fennec, thank you. Um, he takes his jetpack off and then never gets it back. Like the fact so, that like, Rachel, can't, can't, so you, can't, glad... can't he call that back to him? Like to the arm that he did that one time with, uh, the people who were trying to rob him and like destroyed so, his Rachel, Rachel, first and foremost, I'm going to interrupt you right there. Um, amazon.com has 50 foot ethernet cables. Go ahead and grab one of those. <laughs> Um, Savage. Second. <laughs> what were you saying, <laughs> Rachel? I love you. I <laughs> miss you so much. <laughs> Where Second. did I cut out? Second. Oh, so it is Rachel. It's not me. No, that's fucking Rachel. Um, second, I agree. This was one of the biggest things that bugged me about this episode. Because you could have written this episode with Din having a jetpack and still made it dramatic, right? Him, like, ultimately, him not having a jetpack is an explanation for why he didn't chase after the Dark Troopers. But you could have written that, right? Like, you could just have the Dark Troopers fucking shoot a rocket at him or something and force him to not follow. Like... You didn't have to cut him off from the jetpack. The whole fucking episode, I was sitting there wondering, like, why did he leave his jetpack? Because yeah. I went back and rewatched that scene. You see Boba reach down and grab his rifle. 
but Den just leaves his chat back. Din Din had, no, I, I think I think Rodriguez did it well, actually, I, because Din's priority was the child. That's immediately what he thought of was the child, not the jetpack. But the jetpack helps get the child. Like he's literally right. running up a mountain when he could just fly. Like I don't know. Like even even if even if there is the time constraint, like oh fuck, I have to get to the child. If you spend two seconds magnetizing that jetpack to your back again, which by the way, you're right, Rachel, is keyed into his his fucking gauntlet, like he would save so much time getting to the child and then getting the child back to the ship. Like it seemed like, yeah, guys, go ahead and hit that fucking thumbs up and like button. Don't forget to <laughs> like and subscribe. Hit that bell notification. Okay, hit subscribe. <laughs> Isn't That's the thumbs right. up? Isn't the thumbs up the same thing as a like button? That it is. Yeah. So why are you being yeah. redundant? Chris, stop badgering the viewers, please. The alcohol. <laughs> what did you guys? How how did you guys feel about when they blew up the Razor Crest? Um, well, that's, that why legit- episode, that's why the episode's it, called the tragedy. It legitimately. <laughs> brought, that's why it's called not the other reason. It brought to reason? mind the scene oh, in yeah, Frozen where they crash Kristoff's. Uh, uh, sled, and he just looks over the edge of the cliff and goes, just like, that was the exact feeling I had when he walks over to, like, the damage, and, like, I saw that shoot, and I was like, no! He just got it fixed! And then Yeah, I was up. really surprised from, like, the past episodes, how it took all this damage, and he gets it fixed, like, multiple times, and then it just blows up, like, in this episode. Well, this sounds weird, but, um, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not so much into the Star Wars toy collecting as a lot of people are, but I do know that Hasbro has just recently released a $350 Razor Quest toy that they funded through crowdsourcing, which a billion-dollar corporation using crowdsourcing to make a toy is obnoxious. Lo and behold, they sold out. Uh, I think last month, and then now the Razor Quest is gone. So that was kind of a, a bitter irony for um, for those people, I suppose. Not that the ship's think, still not awesome. Do you think he's going to get another ship that's going to be like iconic to the show? That, like, no, I think he's going to do a lot of walking from that one. Well, maybe now that he's finally got his jetpack back, he can finally fly. Um, he can't fly I mean, to planets, well, but... well, the main advantage of the of the Razor Crest was the fact that it was undetectable by like what the new and the old empires. Yeah, like it was like, like clone wars technology. Yeah. So like finding something like that to help him out in his quest to go get, you know, Grogu um, is going to be near impossible because I, I, the feeling that I got from everybody who encountered the razor crest was like, Oh dude, this is awesome. There's nothing like this left. Right. So, maybe Bubba will think- go give him a ship. I have a lot of faith in the art department over at Lucasfilm. They are legendary for stuff like this. I think we're going to get a uh, a really cool ship, maybe the next season. Not maybe not this season, but uh, I I think we we will. Yeah, eventually he'll get another ship. But um, maybe he'll buy Harris. That'd be nice. <laughs> I do have a I do have a uh, a very wild. I mean, Chris is used to my wild uh, theories, um, but I feel like. Uh, I feel like Grogu is going to end up killing uh, Moff Gideon with the ball. 
Like, I feel like he's going to, like, slam it through his head. That would hmm. that'd be awesome. Kind of like Magneto in the coin. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something, because it's something that, you know, from the very beginning, he has glommed onto. It's something that, you know, um, is symbolic of the relationship that he has with Din. Like, Din in the destruction, like, bends down, grabs the ball, dusts it off, and puts it in his little pouch. Um and I feel like that's going to come in to be like good triumphs over evil with the symbol of our, you know, of our, you know, friendship, relationship, family, whatever. Um, and I, I feel like it would be a really fun way. And also if they're like introducing the fact that like Boba's smashing faces and destroying skulls, like now maybe we can just like send this little knob through uh, Gideon's. Like, I feel like that would be fun. Well, Star Wars has traditionally used um, circles. And broken circles um, as symbols, meaning for life and for corruption of uh, like perverse values. The, yeah. the emperor's the emperor's windows in Return of the Jedi are broken circles because that's an emblematic of how perverse he is. So he's not. But isn't he, the rebel starboard a broken circle? Isn't the what? Isn't the yeah. rebel starboard a broken circle? Um. I mean, you but isn't could the technically a... characterize it, but I don't think that's meant to. I don't think it's meant to be emblematic of the same thing. But isn't 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 the starboard uh, a symbol of hope and like perseverance? Well, that's what I'm saying. So the rebel starboard, I would see as a broken circle. It's a it's most of a circle. But isn't there a sun behind it to create? Well, no, like, I mean, a, a symbol of a new dawn. No, it. it it's, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the starboard is. No, but a new dawn is a great network. What's that? He talks about Kane and Jarrus and um, that moth that I can never remember the name of. Anyway. I thought that was really cool how like we learned about Django and Bubba's like lineage, how like learning that Django Fett was like a foundling, which was something All like right. Drunk Sean has some thoughts on this. <laughs> Alright. Sober Sean also has some thoughts on this. Dude. I've been saying forever. That fucking Almec can go eat a dick. <laughs> right. Almec's talking out his ass. I'm sorry again for being this Sean and not normal, professional, sober Sean. You can blame PJ Campbell and my friend Rachel. Not a Rachel from the Schmodown, but a different Rachel. They forced me to take shots. Almec fucking has said, well, he's no Mandalorian. Well, look. No. So in Legends canon... Jango Fett was a member of the true Mandalorians, which I've been using that term to describe people like Bo-Katan, people like the Night Owls, people like Sabine in Rebels, where you have the, the, the um, not Siege of Mandalore, but the, whatever. Um, you, you have this group in Legends of true Mandalorians, and you have Death Watch. That's where the term Death Watch comes from. It's from Legends. Uh, they were a radical group trying to restore Mandalore to its marauder past. And then you had the true Mandalorians who were trying to be these honorable soldiers, these uh, weapons for... <laughs> What's it say? It's uh, ASG uh, 1982 is a new follower. Hey, Charged ASG, new follower. Thank, you for, thank you for following the PJ Campbell Network Twitch channel because apparently, or, or, or something. 
I'm gonna shut those on, off now. Are we on Twitch right now? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Just I'm they're they're looped into my camera because I was on a PJ Campbell Network show the other day and it was looped into my camera. I am a professional, guys. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? Something I was really passionate Death about. Watch. Sure. Death Watch, right? Uh, Django Fett. So, Django. Uh, Django Fett was a uh, um, Django Fett in Legends was a member of the True Mandalorians who fought in the Mandalorian Civil War against the Death Watch, which Boba Fett did mention here. Um, I just fucking felt so vindicated at that line. When Boba, like, he stops, he pulls up that, whatever the fuck that was. Right, this is my chain code. Yeah. Here you can see this is my father. And I'm Boba Fett. And my father was gifted this armor by the Mandalorians. He fought in the Mandalorian Civil War. Like, yeah, Almec's a fucking dick. <laughs> right? I loved, yeah. I loved when he Almec repeated the line, like, his... Dad did How like Boba Fett Wars, where he was like, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the galaxy. How was my um how's my Boba Fett impression, guys? How do Not you guys like spot yeah? on? Saul, you think you think what five out of ten? Yeah, I'll give it that. What if I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Is it better when I do this? For some reason. No. <laughs> Did you guys think when, wish. when when it showed him like fighting his way and he made it to the ship? Did you think he was just gonna? Did you like immediately think he was gonna get the armor and come out like a badass? Or did Dude, you? Think I fucking love. Yeah, I fucking love that shot of him. What happened to my focus? I don't. Know. There you go. There we go. That's the uh, question we've been asking all night. I'm not <laughs> focused tonight, guys. If you want to see me drunk. Go ahead and follow my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Sean Sully. Uh, you can use Streamlabs donations to make me drink liquor. What was I saying? Yeah. Um, when he came out with the armor. So when they when they fucking show the shot of Din with his fucking ramp down, that's such a classic Star Wars trope. Whenever anyone lands their fucking ship, they just leave their ramp down and they leave it down. Yeah. Like, Imagine, imagine parking your car in Hollywood with your fucking door open. Yeah, just all my doors open. Yeah. Just parking like, my car anywhere or just anywhere. The problem. There's like, no one there. There was no one there. I mean, to be fair, that's true. true. But he does it everywhere he goes. It's like we never see him close the thing. Because that Guys, man, the, that man has the, the confidence. Chat, to, that man I has just, the confidence to handle any situation. So he's almost fair. daring you. Oh, I see what you did there. But it's like, yeah. what if what if it's hot outside? Like, is there like a side door? Like, no, I, he's I didn't jaring you. He's just just didn't jaring you to steal his ship. No, it's just he's he's a guy who knows he can handle a situation as like some you know. <laughs> although, although the Jawas uh, threw him yeah. a curveball. I mean, but didn't he close it with the Jawas? Like, didn't they just like start stripping it and like get in? I don't know if it was closed or not, but I know they just stripped it completely no, down. I guarantee you it was open because in Star Wars, everyone fucking lands their ship and leaves their fucking either their bay door or their cockpit or whatever open. When it's Luke like, lands his X-Wing, yeah. he just leaves his cockpit door just fucking way open. Like, what is wrong with you? Does he, though? Where, where yeah. Does he leave it open? Oh, yeah. Every Everyone does that. 
I don't understand. Like, you don't have a fucking little beep beep on your keys <laughs> that, like, opens the... I mean, we're talking about a man who refused to call back his jetpack, so I don't, like, legitimately, there are so many little logistical things about... <laughs> there, there's some, there's that I'm, like, some plot no. holes in this episode. There's There are some plot holes in this episode. But overall, there's something I want to know. What do you guys rate this episode out of 14? I'd go... 1 to 14? I give it a 14. 14. Give it a 14. Yeah. The best episode of The Mandalorian? Uh, maybe. Because there's 14 episodes of The Mandalorian. Is this 15? It might be the, it might be the best episode. It's I definitely it's up there. Yeah, it's like within the top four for me. I mean, it had it had the iconic Mandalorian finally redeeming himself, finally being a badass. Like, and we know he's going to be in future episodes because now he and uh, God, why do I keep forgetting her name? Um, yeah, they're now like bound to him by honor until they get the child back to him. Well, yeah, no, they, that, was- that that was a euphemism. That's a that's a sex thing. I thought that was really cool where he was like, oh, well, like, we're done now. And he's like, no, we're not. Like, I told you we'd help you with the kid and he's not safe. That moment moment from Boba Fett, like, so first and foremost, that goes against Boba Fett. We know from the comics and from 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 current canon that is not how Boba Fett acts. But maybe it shows some redemption after him getting out of the Sarlacc pit. But I loved that scene because if I'm thinking, like, how do I write? How would I, Sean Sullivan, Star Wars fan, passionate Star Wars lover passionate Boba Fett fanboy. How do I write Boba Fett? That's how I wrote Boba That's how I write Boba Fett. Yeah, so we know that he and Ming are going to be back. Um, we also get reintroduced and know that uh, uh, was it Wayfield is coming back? Mayfield. 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 Um, Alright guys, was, you know what? Was, since, Rachel, was, since Rachel said that, it's that was time. was my question for you guys. It's time. It's time for Mando Splained. Amanda explained alarm. Rachel, (laughs) it sounds like a submarine. Dive, dive. (laughs) The Imperial Klaxon. Um, I know, but but that was my question. That was my Mando explaining question. Once again, guys, I'm sorry for being in this state. I don't have an answer for you. Like we don't know enough about Mayfield to tell, like to say, like. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, "What did did we miss something when we, they showed him the first time? Like also, he's some kind of like super tracker." I went back and watched the prisoner because I was like, "Did I just forget something about him?" Because my question was, "Why Mayfield? Why does Din feel that Mayfield is the one that is going to be, imp- like, the, you know, he's the linchpin to get the kid back? Why him?" And so I went back and rewatched it, and there, it, nothing. It doesn't tell you anything about why he's the guy like because he was a stormtrooper like sniper shot right not well, to but, answer your question yeah. as far as why he's the guy um because he's um bill burr and star right. wars disney wanted bill burr back in the show i mean i figured um, that like i wanted to know if there was like a star wars reason like i know my was, reason uh, for bringing that character back is for bill burr but like I mean, when we meet him, yeah, he is a sharpshooter, and literally, it was one of my favorite lines in season one, where he was like, "It wasn't a fucking stormtrooper." Like, it was so great. Well, it, well, it's yeah, it wasn't a stormtrooper, smartass. But um, no, he, he's he's an ex-imperial. That's why he needs him. Is he? But so yeah. are other people that he knows, right? Like who? Like who? 
I don't know. I would just assume that he would just know these people. No, he, he doesn't know. <laughs> no, that's the character who's an ex-imperial. He needs an imperial, a former imperial, to to get. Plus, he knows he's good under pressure. He's worked with him before until he betrayed him. him. He's going fine. Pressure. He's not going to be able to do pushing that. Pushing down on me. Pushing do you down. Think, do you think that they'll like get but, anybody else from that prison break, or just him? Probably like, the other people of the crew. When no, he they well, Din knows he won't betray him now because he's got Boba and Fennec and maybe Kara with him, so he won't be able to pull that shit next time. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense that he goes and gets uh Bill Burr. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get uh, what was her name? Uh, Kiara. Oh, yeah. No, uh, who is the Twee, the the sister? Oh, the Twi'lek, Twi'lek number two. Yeah, I think it was like yeah. Shean or something. Um, she, he's definitely not going to use her because they have a history, and now she's super pissed at him for leaving her, her, her name in was, that max. Her, her name was Nymphadora Tonks. <laughs> um, um, and out. definitely not using the big red guy um, because he was the awful. Deveronian. He crushed him. He literally crushed saddled. him in doors. Like I would no. like him back. I liked who? What's his? Who plays him? Um, Very tall man. Uh, uh, he's in a few things. He's in a lot he's of in a things. Bunch um, of things, including he's he's Ryder Mizahi in, in in Rebels, and he is the Kurgan in Highlander, and he is uh, also in Billions. He's the Attorney General of the United Brown. States, and um, Clancy Brown. Yes. yes, Clancy Brown. Thank you. I would like oh, him yeah. back just because I like Clancy Brown. I mean, I'm uh, sure. I mean, they said that not enough to know his name. But well, they they, they said that they said that that Bill Burr and or Mayfield uh, was on like a, a rock breaking camp or something like that. So, yeah. like, of course, like, if, which if is where we put see... somebody there. Why wouldn't you but like get the big guy, like the really strong guy, to which like go break? Kind of where we see we see Jin Erso in a similar spot on. Um... Oh, we got a new subscriber, uh, Green Monkey. <laughs> thank you so much for subscribing to the PJ Campbell Network. No, but we did get a uh, uh, is that a super chat from Mike K? Mike K, yeah, he says, Hey guys, can't stay too long, but I just finished watching the episode and absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great episode. I can't wait to watch this episode in the rest of the season. Mike, uh, I have a message for Mike K. Look, Mike K, I know why you can't stay too long. That's because you are a dedicated fan to the PJ Campbell Network. Go ahead and blame PJ for my current state when you go join the PJ Campbell watch along. Blame him for me being like this currently. It's his <laughs> fault. I thought he was oh. my friend. He betrayed me. So do you think we'll end on like, do you think of the last episode of the season, do you think it'll come to a head? Like, or do you think we'll like have like a cliffhanger more? So like with, cause we know Bo-Katan's trying to find Gideon. So do you think like everything will come into well, the episode? Well, eight, we know, we know Bo-Katan's trying to find Gideon. And we also know that, uh, oh my God. Um, okay. that, that Thrawn is being searched for. I don't, like I don't think everybody's looking for someone right now. I don't think we need to learn about Thrawn or Ahsoka. I think that was a, a backdoor pilot for another show. Um, I think they're going to get their own show, probably a live action Ahsoka series with Ahsoka and Sabine Wren. Although I really want to see Sabine Wren in the Mandalorian. Um, but I'm curious, my question to you guys, do you think Bo-Katan will show up in the last two episodes? Do you think we're going to see her join Din? Do you think Din will recruit her and 
the other two Mandalorian she's with, Sasha Banks and uh, Axel Foley, uh, to <laughs> his name was Axe something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Axe yeah was, maybe in episode eight. I don't know about, I can see the next one just being more so of like him breaking out Bill Burr's character and like getting yeah. him to like help him because, find Moff. Because we know I mean, that, we know that we know that Din is going to face down with Moff Gideon because they made a point of showing him picking up that Beskar spear, which we know yeah. can withstand blows from a lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like that. Maybe I'm more entertaining this way. Am I more entertaining this way or less entertaining? It's, it's, it's a different brand of entertainment. It's a different brand of Sully. Um, um, which, Rachel, you've seen this Sully before, but the internet hasn't. I know, and this is, like, I miss this Sully. But I will say this. I think I could I could see them, like, crossing paths. Like, they both, like, get the same information on Gideon, and, like, they end up, like, literally coming around a corner and being like, oh, um, yeah, we're... We're both going to get him. Okay, let's go. Um, he doesn't have any way to like contact Bo-Katan or anything. Like they didn't yeah. exchange. I mean, they didn't like exchange numbers or whatnot. So like, <laughs> well, no I mean, way for can, them to like. Well, I mean, in Legends, they have a Mandalorian call that they can use, like a duck call. Yeah, it kind of sounds like. <laughs> Just like a peacock. Great. I made that. <laughs> No, I mean, I could, like, I could definitely see them coming in this at the end of this season. Well, I, I also, so. I have no reason to believe Bo-Katan isn't still on that planet. Right. Yeah, that's fair. No. Wait, on what planet? The planet he met her on. But she flew off, didn't she? She did not. She got the ship, but, like, we didn't yeah, see her. Like, the, yeah, they took the... Um, the Gazanti. It was Auntie Cruiser. But she didn't leave. It's not like we ne- we didn't see her leave. Oh, I, I thought they presume, left. I had to presume. No, he left. They they were still in orbit actually when we saw them last. There's no reason to believe they're still not using that planet as a base of operation. That's fair. Do you guys think we'll see the Jedi or like a Jedi like answer that call this season, or do you think that would be like? I think we might get a Moff Gideon unveils the dark saber type situation. I think um, I think that we will probably see the Jedi early next season, like episode two or three. And if we do, like, how do you think we'll see the Jedi? Like, and how, like, what context? Like, because they're not going to be on that planet anymore. So, like, how would the Jedi find them? And like, how would it, how do you think it would play out? I think I, they're gonna. I think they're gonna come for the the kids' call. But I think they'll be able to track down the child Grogu through the Force. I don't yeah. think it'll necessarily be on Tython, but of course uh-huh. it's also possible that um, Din takes Grogu back to Tython. I mean, if if he if he gets Grogu back, then ty- wait, Tython was the oh that was where they just were right with the yeah. with the with seeing the stone. Which can we talk about the seeing stone for a minute? That sure. looks great. Like that is an iconic like. Look, you guys know me. It's very pagan looking, and very I love pagan. that. Look at look at my backdrop. I've got this witchcraft corner right here on my back. Oh, there's an image on the screen. No, I I love I love that because <laughs> they're also got my own little was... witchcraft corner here on the screen. You know, I'm a big fan of of paganism and witchcraft, and well, they do refer to the Jedi as sorcerers. Well, they are. They are because it's a um, religion. But they also yeah. refer to. But the sorcerers line is is also used in A New Hope. Um. 
you know, uh, General Tag or General Mahdi? Someone in, in A New Hope says, your sorcerer's ways, something, Lord Vader, something, something. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a classic Star Wars line right there, calling them sorcerers. Um, but definitely, like, the Jedi, to those that are uninitiated and to those that don't know the Jedi, are sorcerers. I mean, if you know, if you, Rachel. Yes. Let's say your former roommate. Alex Marzonia began yeah. lifting rocks with his mind and commuting, communicating telepathically and saying, this is not your box of vegan chips. <gasps> How dare would you think, would you think he's a, a witch? I mean, look guys, this is what I'm I saying. Would. Brandon, <laughs> Hannah, Rachel's former roommate, Brandon, Hannah is a witch as <laughs> evidenced by his wonderful, wonderful curly hair. And the fact I'm just a terrible person. And is there a reason we're bringing up Brandon Hanna right now? I'm I'm just uh, convinced that he's the the bastard off offspring of uh, Bob Ross because that hair is amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's just not something that I've heard used to describe the Jedi, like a word used to describe the Jedi, like a lot. Like it's not synonymous in my brain, like of Jedi synonymous with uh, sorcerer. But I just love the fact that like the you need scene to meet the Night Sisters. Yeah. What? You need to meet the Night Sisters. There are some witches. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I guess, but it's it's still like I just love the 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 way that they made the scene stone look absolutely pagan. Oh, it looks wait, like I know we're on I know we're on this episode, but can we go back to last episode and talk about the fact that the uh, makeup artist pointed out that um, I forgot the character's name, uh, Elsbeth was a Night Sister. Yeah, I that heard was about cool, that. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Did I they? Heard, I heard Dwayne Burke catch that. Yeah, Dwayne mentioned that on the on the PJ Campbell Network after show. Um, if you guys are interested to hear more about mine and Dwayne's insights on that show when I'm sober, uh... stop pitching other shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not time for that yet. Guys, uh, if you want to catch me on SEN Live, you probably won't. I'll never be on that show. Uh, mostly because airs while I'm at work. Um, I have a day job. But if you want to stop me from having a day job, go and follow me on uh, patreon.com slash Sean Sully. Uh, I don't have a patron. <laughs> We're not paying Patreon.com slash Bobby Gucci. Uh, patreon.com slash Bobby Gucci. If you want to catch me there, go ahead and let Gucci know to put me on one of his shows other than this one. I'm quite entertaining when I drink. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, we're not doing plugs there, right? We're not. We're still... No, I'm, pretty, no, I'm just. Yeah, being, you're good. I'm, I actually have a bevy of them, so I can't wait. Are you going to be on call to action? Okay. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about the episode? <laughs> uh, no. It was just. It was good. I'm excited to watch it no, with can, the whole can stream. We stop, can, we, can we go back and talk about Boba Fett for a minute? Yeah. Yes. All right. That's why we're asking. I've got this book. This book right here. It's called No Dis Edge of the Empire, No Disintegrations. It's about the bounty. It's a special expansion book for the bounty hunter class for the Edge of the Empire role-playing game. Now, if you want to hear more about the Edge of the Empire role-playing game, camera focus, please. Thank you. If you want to hear more about the Edge of the Empire role-playing game, you can go ahead and catch the PJ Campbell Network in January, where I will be running on the Edge of <laughs> So here's Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, that's Boba, right? So, no, no, no. So, in all, in all seriousness, what I was going to point out. So, 
Um, unrelated to plugs, I am prepping to run an online role-playing game session of Star Wars Edge of the Empire. Um, and in that process, I've also rebuilt my old Edge of the Empire character from four years ago when I did play that game actively, um, who was, by the way, a Mandalorian, because I am a fucking Mandalorian shill, a Mandalorian fanboy. Um, we couldn't tell. Call what you will. But in this book, it details all of Boba's armor upgrades. I also own a copy of the Bounty Hunters Code, which is this nice special edition book um, released by Lucasfilm. And in that, it also has a detailed layout of Boba Fett's uh, armor upgrades. Both of those items are Legends canon. They are not canon. But one of the things that is always funny is Boba Fett's knee pad that he has on his right knee is this funky looking knee pad with these two little divots in it. That in Legends has always been, oh, it's because he has darts in his knee. We fucking saw that in this episode. Dave Filoni, Robert Rodriguez, John Favreau, they appreciate Star Wars canon. And they are willing to give us what we as diehard Star Wars fans want. Like, they they care so much for this universe. And it's just so, it's just so wonderful to see them, like... Return of the Jedi doesn't really treat Boba Fett well, right? To the point where even in episode one of this episode of this series, we get Din hitting Cobb Vanth in the jetpack <laughs> and sending him rocketing. Like, no wonder people treat Boba Fett like he's a fucking joke. But we get to actually see him be this diehard fucking badass, use all the gadgets he's kitted out with. Like, thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I heard somebody say one is a cool ship. When he was going up and saw the Empire thing, he was like, "Oh, it's not a spice dream. Like the Empire's back." And I heard Christian Harloff today say on his review that, like, "Oh, do you think he was on spice like the entire time during Return of the Jedi and all no. that kind of stuff?" Like with that comment. No, no he's been, he been, on, like, he's he's been in a desert. Like, dude, no, needs like, something to do. Return of the Jedi. I like, think like, oh, I can go on a vision quest. Fucking a. Look, uh, as as Rachel Saul and I can speak to this because we work with a faction mate who's often on. Um, what does Paul Preston do in the desert? Oh, Peyote? he does vision quests. Peyote. Peyote. Paul Preston, our personal friend, me Saul and Rachel do does a lot of peyote. Um, he doesn't do peyote. What's the other one that he does? Peyote is what you do in the desert. Anyway, whatever you fucking Psilocybin? I, I think that, that was more like one of those other, like, trust me, I'm not crazy. I see the, I see a fucking Aquatens cruiser. Like, I'm not crazy. I think that was more like a slang term, like, it's not a spice dream. You know, spice is our Star Wars drug. We only really have the one Star Wars drug. We have death sticks and spice. So and what, what you're saying, Sean, is that he was simply saying, yo, I'm not tripping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I think it was. I disagree. I actually agree with Christian. I think Boba Fett was like Martin Sheen in the first 10 minutes of Apocalypse Now. Just fucking smashed out of his mind, punching mirrors. During like the Return of the Jedi. It makes sense why he got yeah. hit with that jetpack so easily. He was high out of his mind. He was getting down with some dirty Twilight poon. I mean, this was a guy... And then he gave, and then he gave that... Why is it dirty? Then he gave because that... Hang out, what do you think? Jabba? Ah, you know, right, Jabba's Jabba's hang out with Jabba or not? Right. French taunter, 110%. I agree with you. 
They made Boba a badass, and that's all I fucking wanted out of Boba. Um, now, um, also the knee darts were canon. They were they're in the visual dictionary. Are they? Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I was really surprised. Astro Omega asks, "Is Boba's armor Beskar?" Yes. However, I've got another question that I don't think we brought up last week. Did we do a show last week? I don't remember. Yes, we did. Was I there? Yes. Sure. Was I drunk? No. Probably. It was too early. Well, which okay. Um, there's another question that was asked. There's a question that's asked in the chat right now. There's a question that I'm wondering: Are other Mandalorians' armors made of pure Beskar or composite Beskar? Because there was a point made last episode about the spear being pure Beskar and Din's armor being pure Beskar. So I think it depends on availability. Right, like so, are they Beskar alloys that they're using? Because I think is, I think so. I think certain okay. people. I think, I think because they had to dilute it a little bit because they just don't have a lot of it. Yeah, I'm starting to think the same. I am curious. Uh, oh, that's right. I how, left how they, early. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan, I am, good point. I am curious as to how the armor grew, um, because in the first episode, it looks like it fits the sheriff perfectly and Boba is much bigger than him. I, so Rachel, I think, I, I think we pointed that out yeah. back then. I think it's it, has way around, more, Rachel. it has more to do with the fact that Jeremy Bullock, who was the original um, actor that played Boba Fett was much more closer to Timothy Oliphant's build. Uh, um, where, and, and, and to be quite honest, closer to Tamora Morrison's build when he shot uh, attack of the clones. Um, Tamora Morrison was a much smaller man when he shot Attack of the Clones, but that was what fucking eighteen years ago. Eighteen years yeah. ago? Like, well, it came out eighteen years ago. It would have been nineteen years. He's put on some dad weight. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you got to build the Mando armor to fit Tamora the the proper way. Yeah. Um, all I know is that that Tamora's been eating well on on Tatooine. He's young his age. Can I just say I really like how he says Tatooine. The way he says Tatooine is really nice to these. Yeah, I, th I think it's kind of cool Tatooine. that he's kind of like out of shape now. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that old the old man Boba thing. I think is really working I mean, well. He looks like a season. He looks like a seasoned warrior. He doesn't look like yeah. this fucking perfectly fit like expert soldier. He looks like a seasoned veteran, and I love that. That's what I want he out of Boba post Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he almost looks uh almost like a like a Samoan warrior. Like those guys aren't thin, but they're powerful. Maori warrior. Maori, thank you. But that being said, I would much rather see Captain Rex. Do you think That's we will me. see Rex at all? Fingers crossed. But at this point, at this point, I don't think we'll see Rex in the Mandalorian. I think we may see him in the Ahsoka Sabine series, which I think will happen. That's fair. Do you guys we didn't want, silence after that, guys. Well, do you guys want to get to? We'll make some predictions on what. What do you guys think will happen? How do you guys think we'll go for the next episode? What do you guys well, think will happen with that one? Refresh, refresh my memory. Last season, we did. Um, last season, where the last two, the last two episodes were both back to back finale, right? And was it week to week, or were they both aired in the same week? I think they oh, were week to week. Wait, it was wasn't, wasn't one like on Tuesday and one on Friday? Or am I thinking yeah, earlier in the so. season? Yeah, they were yeah. Rise of Skywalker. close, but they weren't like 
together. Yeah. It was like within the same like week, basically. Yeah. And because it was pretty much the same episode. So are we going to get that this season? I don't think so. They would have yeah, announced I, I think I think last season they did that because of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah. they wanted it to be not. out. Yeah. And now we don't have anything else to look forward to. So please extend it. Please no. let us give something else to look forward to. Well, you do. You have our um, episode nine of the Mandalorian after show here on the Gucci verse where we talk about our predictions for next season and where Star Wars can go from here. Also, uh, yeah, that's it for my plugs. <laughs> I think uh, we got all 30 of them out of the way during the show. I think we have the, well, we, I I think we have the antithesis of last season's um, break in episode. Or now we're gonna have a breakout episode where they're gonna go have to get uh, Bill Burr out of prison. I mean, they've yeah. got to, they've got to do a two parter finale, right? Like I loved that finale last season. That was the nice two parter. I really hope we get because next season we have Mayfield. Like the, in the next two episodes, we have to finish up Mayfield and the Dark Troopers. Whether or not the Dark Troopers are entirely eliminated, but we have to see a conflict between Din and the Dark Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Or. And I, I have, I also have a feeling this show has a structure. I think this season and last season have a very similar structure. I think that we're going to see in the next few episodes, we're going to see the dark, the conflict with the dark troopers. We're going to see, um, Din recruit Mayfield and possibly a few others, just like he did last season. He's getting his crew together. Fennec Chan, Boba Fett, um, Mayfield, and possibly Bo-Katan. Um, and we're going to see him fight the Dark Troopers, which I already said. And then we're going to, again, end with him getting injured. Whether physically or emotionally, we're going to end with him getting injured, potentially leading to him as, to him taking off his helmet. I think he's going to take off his helmet, but I don't think it's going to be injured. Well, emotionally injured. I hope not. Um, I foresee the Doctor... Because they called for the doctor to come back because they had the donor. Um, they finally had the donor. Um, but in the last time that we saw the doctor, when or when uh, when Din went to go get the child um, the second time from the Empire, um, the doctor was like, I did everything I could to help him. And they're calling him back without knowing that. So I think that the doctor is going to be kind of like the turning point for the rescue. And I think that he's going to like give up his life in order to save the child. I think it's going to be fun. Somewhat, somewhat unrelated question, but because you bring up the doctor, Rachel, who's your favorite? My favorite, what character? Mine, mine. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Mine, I think is Matt Smith. Oh yeah. Um, I can't pick between Matt Smith or, uh, mm. or David Tennant. He's just so I great. Like I mean, Christopher, is my really great as well. Chris, Chris, Chris mute them. Chris, mute them. Stop this shit now. My favorite doctor is John. This Hurt. is a Star Wars show. Oh my! I God. mean, it's not like it's not like we're gonna. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're gonna. It's not like we're gonna see you know like a, a a police box flying through one of the scenes. Although that would be fucking hilarious. Rachel, um, so what do you want? But no, I think the doctor is gonna. I think the doctor. I can't remember his last name, but I think the doctor is going to perform an incredible service to the rescue. I I hope so. I like that prediction. I hope you're right. 
Um, I wish I thought about it so I can tell you I told you so, but I didn't. So I'll give you credit. Thank you. Um, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And I'm just looking forward to all the badass fight scenes that are to come because if anything, this season has made me so excited for the conflict because the 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 stunt coordinators and the fight coaches like everybody who works in that aspect of the show is phenomenal. Yeah, the, the, only, the only thing we're missing that we haven't had this season, and we have we haven't really had it. We had a small glimpse of it in uh, season one. Is I want to see a starfighter battle. I want to see two ships going at it, at least two. I mean, we kind of got that. We kind of got that in episode two, episode three, episode two, with the the spider episode with the. um, Oh yeah, we got like a chase. We got like a little bit of a chase. chase. And especially because we have the slave one in the in you know in the math here, like the slave one is a the fire spray fire spray thirty ones are a badass fucking ship. Like, yes, please give me a fire spray in a dogfight. Like that dogfight in episode two between Obi Wan and Jango is one of the best dogfights in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Really underappreciated in my yeah, it's amazing. Well, speaking of the spider episode, do you think that we're gonna see those cop guys back? Um, Surprised if we didn't. We've seen Carson twice this season. I don't think we'll see Carson again this season but we may see him next. Um, I think we'll see him back, but I don't think he'll be, he'll come back in the next two episodes. Maybe he'll be around the prison when like they're trying to break him out. He's just one of the guards. Maybe this is a discussion for Saul and I, but uh, Tython was originally in the deep core and now it's in the outer rim. Did they say it was in the outer rim? Yeah. Yeah, because when, when they Obis saw the Empire, Fennec Shan was like, oh, they're not in the Outer Rim. Like, what is the, the Empire doing? The, the New Outer Republic rim? patrols the Outer Rim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did, because it was next to Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And oh, I thought that was originally in the Deep Core. Yeah, because I, and I thought that was interesting to raise the stakes. Now he has to go where there's people. You brought that up last season, and that was last episode, and that was one of the arguments that I had for, well, we're not going to see Tython this season. Because that's in a whole other sector of the galaxy, right? I oh, I didn't even catch that. I thought they were. I, yeah. I just assumed that he was there. No, yeah, it was in the outer rim. Bastards. <laughs> also, it doesn't match the depiction of uh, what we see in the Doctor Afra comic. But in the Doctor Afra comic, they the Tython they land on, they land on the pole of Tython. Yeah, it, it, it it's not the same part of the planet. Yeah, you know. there's a whole part of Endor. Where there's resorts and stuff. Oh, William! William brings up a good point. They did. They did show a map, and he's like, "This is Tython. We're going to Tython. This is where you're going to find your Jedi, Tython." Yeah. Who's this William you speak of? In In the the chat. chat. What's a chat? Again, I keep hearing this chat thing. I thought we were chatting. I don't know. I don't follow. Well, I think that that about wraps up this episode, I guess, for us. Then um, everybody gonna want to go around and plug some more, like Sean's been doing. Saul, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, I actually have a bevy of plugs. This will uh, next week. Actually, technically, I started my media tour 2020. Um, I appeared. If you are a movie trivia schmodown Patreon, you should be watching uh, Brett and Kate's Playdate, and you should listen to today's episode that had a special appearance by me. 
And um, next Monday, I will Wait, be. Wait, hold on. on. You got invited before I did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, go to the uh, the, the uh, go to the Schmodown channel on YouTube, and on Monday, watch the Inner Geekdom Show hosted by Winston Marshall, where Winston and I will be discussing Batman Returns from 1992. I Tuesday, you can go to the Let's Get Ready Network. Let's get ready to talk Schmodown Network, and I'll be doing a live one-on-one interview with them. On Friday, next Friday, not only will I be here doing the after show for The Mandalorian, but I will be a guest on the late show with Gucci and Kaiser, hosted by Larry Payne. And I will also be making appearances on Wednesday and Thursday, TBD. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing something every day this week. Um, tune in. And follow me at Schmodensal at Twitter.com. Can I, can I just point out, uh, you mentioned you're going to be on the Inner Geekdom show. Um, the engineer, the producer for the Inner Geekdom show is a wonderful human. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shout out to Dwayne Burke, Burke made. Go ahead and follow Burke made on twitch.tv slash Burke made and twitter.com slash Burke made. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful person, personal friend of mine. He's currently working on something big. I can't say any more, but he's working on something big as an editor and producer. Uh, give him some love. Um, uh yeah that's all my plugs rachel uh you can find me thursdays on movies music and mayhem apparently we are having a schedule switch uh and we will probably have saul on this thursday and we'll celebrate jill's birthday later um <laughs> that that, uh, that that we're not doing that that's not true i will be actually there's another show that wanted me for thursday i was i was saving a spot for somebody but that's right. a lie that's a lie so, you want to come on my do you want to come on my twitch next week uh, is it on Thursday, running concurrently with Rachel? We'll figure out a day. It could be Friday morning. <laughs> I want to pounce her into the ground, viewing wise. We can do mm-hmm. Friday morning. We'll we'll play we'll play um we'll play Jedi Fallen Order, and you can we can talk about Star Wars. My, my Friday my Friday is kind of booked next week. I, I, I kind of looking because I might even be doing something else. Saul's become the social butterfly that we always knew he would be. Well, this um, is it for but, me, and then I'm going. Look, I'm going dark. I'm going back to the way it normally goes. After that, this is it. One week. Get get all the saw you can get your hands on because um, I'm going you, back into the going back at, into the, uh, you can find me at movies mo- music movies and mayhem on uh, YouTube. It's true. Twitch. Go back and look at, look at that episode. Slash uh, twitch.tv slash music movies and mayhem. Um, <laughs> you can find me here next week whenever our show is. Who knows? Uh, and then Ra- Rachel next week apologizing to me right here. No, but I, I do have I do I actually also have a busy week next week, so I will I will give my plugs. Uh, you can find me tonight. I will be on the PJ Campbell Network on uh, Twitter. We're gonna play some super uh, some Super Smash Brothers um, around nine thirty p.m. maybe ten p.m. Um, and then uh, Sunday PJ Campbell Network on the PJ Campbell Network Unwind. Uh, either Monday or Tuesday on my own Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Sully. Uh, Thursday Friday same thing. Next Friday at uh, 6 p.m., which, guys, we got to talk about Showtime. Uh, but next Friday, 6 p.m. PST, I will be on Star Wars Explained talking about The Mandalorian. Uh, Saturday, I will be doing the Gucciverse at some point, or th- Friday I'll be doing I don't know, whatever day we're doing this show date, we change it every week. So who the fuck knows? Uh, but uh, I'll leave that one to Chris. Chris can figure that out. He'll tweet it out. Um, Saturday morning, 12 p.m. PST, we will be on uh, PJ Campbell Network. Also talking about the Mandalorian. 
And then, uh, you know, my Twitch, I'm there all the time. So. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RM Silver Screen because I can I never fucking that. finish my goddamn plug. <laughs> I'm just fucking talking over me. Oh my God, I love you. It's, um, it's, it's all in the description and and you guys can catch me around the gucci verse producing the shows and then catch the oh. gucci verse in 40 minutes late night with gucci and kaiser we have yeah. jte coming on tonight the you can find me you can find me tonight you can find me tonight on late night with gucci and kaiser <laughs> um <laughs> apparently We'll, we'll, Sean will be popping in at some point and then we'll see you guys all around I trust Chris to send me the link <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon if you guys haven't we'll see you guys next time don't forget to join the new YouTubers we'll see you guys all around have a good one everybody